Hello and welcome to The Woman Who. I'm Zowie Ashton, and in this series, I'll be bringing you the remarkable stories of Britain's most inspirational women of the last 140 years. These are the tales of the true pioneers of music, literature, the performing arts, and fashion. Women who have defied convention, broken boundaries, and pushed the limits of what's possible. I'll be taking a deep dive into the lives of these trailblazers, reliving their struggles and setbacks, their loves and losses, and how they overcame every obstacle in their path to achieve unimaginable success. These women are the real deal, the true influencers of their day. This is the tale of the woman who knows her worth. Visionary storyteller, performer and creator, Michaela Cole. It may sound like every screenwriter's dream, a million dollar deal from Netflix to produce, direct and star in your very own series. But for Michaela Cole, it felt like a trap. Michaela wanted to retain some legal ownership of her intellectual property, but Netflix refused to grant her even a small percentage of the copyright. When she tried to negotiate, she was met with silence and resistance. The executives seemed to think she was disturbed. Her agents pushed her to take the deal. But Michaela's journey to becoming a celebrated actor, director, producer and TV writer had taught her the importance of following her gut. After all, she had already garnered millions of viewers and many prestigious awards and had done it all on her own terms. She wasn't willing to lose ownership of her work. She turned down the deal, fired her agents and walked away. Her story would remain her own. Michaela was born Araba Boache Collinson in 1987 in East London, the daughter of immigrants from Ghana. She lived with her mother and sister on a council estate tucked between Tower Hamlets and the city of London. Though she grew up physically close to the suited business people of London's financial centre, her own childhood could not have been further removed from the city's glittering wealth. Michaela's mother, Quenwa, worked as a cleaner, raising her daughters mostly on her own as she studied to become a mental health nurse. They were one of only four black families on the estate and Michaela encountered racism from an early age. But Michaela's mother was determined that her daughters would have a good education and a brighter future. She found a nearby theatre which would admit children from low-income families to join their youth workshops for free. As Michaela later put it, free was cheaper than childcare. It would be her first foray into acting and she absolutely loved it. It was an escape from the daily grind of her life, 
a chance to play, make new friends and express herself. As much as she loved the youth theatre, it didn't occur to Michaela that acting could be a career for someone like her. Even if she wanted to become an actress, she wouldn't know where to start. In the end, her path to becoming a professional writer and performer began in a most unexpected place. Church. She had joined a dance group, which she didn't realize at first was actually a Christian dance group. She enjoyed dancing, so she kept at it. Until one day when she was 18, a woman she'd never met before came up to her at church and said she had a message from God. That message was this. You have done all the outside things, but you haven't got to know him for yourself on the inside. Michaela realized to her great surprise how true this statement was. She threw herself into Christianity completely. She read the book of Psalms and it inspired her to write her first poem. She called it God's Next Top Model. She brought it to a pub and asked if she could perform it. They said no, but that they liked the first line. I'm God's image, in fact. I'm his next top model. I strut the runway of his light with style. His love, my faith, my strength, his might. They said she could come back and try again. So she did. From that day forward, Michaela was officially a poet, a performer, and a writer. But as it turned out, her career as a writer would outlast her time as a devout Christian. Michaela replied to the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, where she was the first black woman they had admitted for five years. Most of her peers came from privileged backgrounds. More than once, she heard her white peers use the N-word. Every time, it was a reminder of how unwelcoming the entertainment industry could be to a young black working class woman. In search of a role she could truly relate to, Michaela wrote a one-woman, darkly comic play inspired by her upbringing. She called it Chewing Gum Dreams, and she performed it in the school's basement. She later described how it went. The response in that basement was something neither I nor they had ever experienced, and on that high, I did what I do best. I dropped out. She left drama school and workshopped her play until it caught the attention of Channel 4. They asked her to rewrite it as the television series Chewing Gum. Michaela had a lot of work to do and not a lot of time. She had never written for TV before and didn't know where to start. She gave up weekends, she gave up sleep. She wrote draft after draft after draft. She burst into tears in the sanitary products aisle of a pharmacy. But in the end, she had created something that was one of a kind. Chewing Gum was a brilliant dark comedy, tackling taboo subjects like sex, race, and religion. It won Michaela critical acclaim, and a pair of BAFTAs for Best Female Comedy Performance 
and writing. She wore a dress designed by her mother to the award ceremony, a show of thanks to the woman who raised her and her biggest fan. Michaela had, by all measures, made it in the entertainment industry. Now she was determined to change it. In 2018, she gave a speech at a television festival calling out the industry's lack of support, transparency and opportunity for young working-class creators of colour. Those she called the misfits. She asked the audience, how many other potential artists with stories we want and need have we lost for the sake of financial profit? Have we lost to the thoughtless education systems, thoughtless nurturing, thoughtlessness? Why are we platforming misfits, heralding them as newly rich successes while they balance on creaking ladders with little chance of social mobility? It was not enough to give these misfits a seat at the table. They needed real backing and real creative control. This was why she turned down the million-dollar Netflix deal. What might have been a devastating decision turned out to be an empowering one. She was willing to walk away penniless if it meant protecting her rights. She even enjoyed the sensation of taking the executives by surprise once she realized they thought there was no way she would turn down their deal. Unfortunately for Netflix, though, she did. She took her new project to HBO and the BBC instead, and it would later be called one of the greatest television shows of 2020, winning multiple BAFTAs and an Emmy. The show was I May Destroy You. It was inspired by Michaela's own devastating experience of being drugged and sexually assaulted. She wrote and rewrote the script 191 times, until it was exactly the way she wanted it. The writing helped her process what had happened to her. She said, Like any other experience I've found traumatic, it's been therapeutic to write about it and actively twist a narrative of pain into one of hope and even humour. It was a revolutionary piece of art one that dealt head-on with the complex questions of consent and control. Once again, Michaela was bringing to the screen the kinds of stories which had never been told on British television. Though she has now achieved enormous success, won countless awards and critical acclaim, Michaela continues to fight for the underrepresented, unsupported and unheard. She says she is determined to bring more black women, women of colour, more working-class women into the writing room. On and off camera, she is doing more than bringing better representation to British television. She is changing the industry itself, making it a better place for misfits like herself.
The Woman Who podcast series has been brought to you by Fennec, the UK's department store of distinction since 1882. Tune in each week to uncover the story of a new inspirational woman and head to fennec.co.uk for more info and celebrations on their 140th anniversary of empowering women through the circus of life. The Woman Who is a Radio Wolfgang production written by Hannah Jewell and read by me, Zowie Ashton. The producer is Kieran Carruthers, sound design is by Ivor Manley, and the executive producer is Ellie DiMartino. Martino.